Hi, and welcome to another episode of the podcast previously known as Three Old Guys Talking Sports. Recently rebranded and now Three Old Matzo Balls Talk Sports. This is Matzo Ball Mike and along with my esteemed colleagues, Matzo Ball Brian and Matzo Ball Drew. We're ready to roll. How are you boys? Great. Looking forward to another podcast. I'm excited. Never better. Never better. Never better. I love it. Okay, so well, listen, before we get started on our main topic for discussion and debate, our, our buddy, Brian, our buddy Drew's head is about ready to explode off of his neck. I, I, he's got some serious energy and feelings uh, that have been festering, and I don't mean uncle festering, but have been festering and pulsating, brewing and simmering for a few days now. So in the best interest of not having him go into cardiac arrest, uh, we're going to give him the mic for a few minutes. So take it away, Drewski. Thank you. And I love the Uncle Fester reference. I, I doubt anybody under 35 knows who that is, but thank you for that. Welcome. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, got, I got a few issues with Dodger manager Dave Roberts. And let me just preface it by saying, I, I think he's probably the nicest guy in the world. I think he is of the highest character and integrity you could ever have. In fact, if you wanted a computer to spit out a perfect perfect first-class representative for a sports franchise, it would be him. So my issues are with his managerial decision-making. And I know I know what you're going to say, Pomerantz, are you crazy? Uh, he's been to three World Series. He's won one. He would have won two if the Astros hadn't cheated. He wins the division title every single year. He wins 100 games every year. Pomerantz, you're, you're nuts. You must be ODing on your Metamucil and Geridol. Um <laughs> He is a great 162-game-a-year manager. Fantastic. He is built for that because my problem with him is he is totally, totally a slave to robotics and analytics. Totally a slave to that. And we see it every year where all he does is manage pitchers so he can get to his Fakakta ninth inning so he can bring in who he thinks is his closer. And this year, unfortunately, it's been Craig Kimbrell who's been a disaster. But we've all seen it. We've seen Evan Phillips or, or Alex Vessia pitch a one, two, three, eight, eighth inning with seven or eight pitches. And hey, guys, why don't you take the mound to start the ninth? And my gut tells me you're pitching really well and maybe you'll get the few guys out. And if you don't, then I can bring in somebody. But he won't do it. He won't do it. And in the playoffs, in the playoffs where margins are razor thin and you're not leading by eight innings going into the ninth inning, you may be leading by one. You have got to manage with some level of gut and feeling for what the game is going on. I will posit, and I haven't used that word very often, but I will posit to you guys that if Dave Roberts was the manager in 1988, he would have looked at the scouting report, looked down the bench and said, you know, we don't have Gibby tonight. We want to manage his load. And uh, if we don't let him play today, we'll probably get him in game five and for sure in game six or seven. And who knows how history would have turned out. But Lasorda sat there and looked down the bench and said, you know, I know if we use Gibson tonight, we might blow him for the rest of the series. But if he does something special with Hershiser going in game two, my gut tells me we could go up 2-0 and take the living heart out of the athletics and win this series and steal it. So Dave, I'm telling you, use your gut 
come playoff time. I think you understand the game. I think you know it. I think your gut is good. Yeah, you're going to be wrong from time to time. But more often than not, you'll make the right decision. Throw the book away. Use your gut. And you know what? It's my good friend Forrest Gump once said. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, by the way, before uh, Friday, I want to get your uh, your reaction and opinion. But before we do that, that phone ringing was, uh, I believe there was a leak in the Dodger organization. And they knew that Drew Pomerantz, especially after uh, that interview that Bill Plachke had with you uh, about the, the, you know, just the, the fan experience or the, the fan experience at Dodger Stadium, that we are going to be having this podcast and you were going to be going on a Dodger and Dave Roberts related rant. So I think that was Dave Roberts. But anyway, either that, or, or either that or he thought I was the Drew Pomerantz who used to be a decent pitcher, but whatever. <laughs> Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, well, first of all, I cannot believe Drew, you compared Dave Roberts to that fat slob, Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, here's what I got to tell you. You know, Drew, I love you. I know you're a great attorney, but uh, if this were your case, you just took your first loss. Um, woo, woo. So let, let me just start off by saying, Dave Roberts, number one, you know, he's he's uh, he's managed for seven years with the Dodgers. He's got a 63 percent winning ratio, which you already stated. He wins the division. And, you know, the problem is, is if the guy wins, it's the Dodger has talent. If the guy loses or if the Dodgers, then it's uh, uh, Dave Roberts fault. But I'm going to get to the pitching in a minute. Um, you know, he does have one World Series. He should have had two, but the trash throws you know, went ahead and, uh, and cheated in that particular World Series. Um, first of all, I think he does a phenomenal job of managing talent. I think he's got, he motivates and he's got great patience. And my case in point would be last year because Bellinger couldn't hit, couldn't hit a lick. And people were, including me, were saying, why is he playing? Why is he playing? And then what happened toward the end of the season? Who was the guy that really came through for us? That was Bellinger. This year, Muncie and Bellinger have been struggling and struggling and struggling, and he kept going with them and going with them, and they're right now two of the hottest players that the Dodgers have. So I think that, one, he's a player's manager. I think that um, you never hear anything negative about him from the players, and I think that he does, as I said earlier, an unbelievable job of managing talent. Now, let me get to the bullpen question because – I will agree with you. Kimbrell has been an absolute disaster, but the Dodgers also still have the best record in baseball. And thank goodness Kimbrell has gone into the games with two and three run leads because yes, he would have blown it. Had this lead not been 16 games against the Padres and had they been struggling, I think with Kimbrell, they would have made changes. But to your point, you've got Phillips, Vesia. These guys are built to come in. Remember they have bullpen sessions, they warm up before they come in. They pitch that inning. The idea is to try and stretch these guys for two to three games at a time before you give them rest. If Phillips comes in in the eighth inning, pitches six or seven pitches, and comes back in the ninth inning, he's done the next two days. So they don't get a chance to use them. So what he's trying to do is stretch these guys as much as possible. And I didn't understand this until I started talking to some baseball people, because at one point I felt the same way you did. But these guys have a routine. Look at Phillips is going to be the setup guy. Now, I will tell you this. Come October, I do not believe that Kimbrough will be the guy. I think they're going to bring in training. May's going to get a start on Saturday. I thought possibly that Bueller might be that closer, uh, but he's now out for the season as of today. 
But I, I really do think you're wrong on Roberts. I think that in terms of management, in terms of what he does, I think he's exactly what the Dodgers need. So I would disagree with you. And you know, I love you. You know, I never disagree with you. But in this case, I got you wrong. So let no, me just basically, basically what you just said was I agreed with you, Drew, until I talked to somebody who knew a modicum about baseball and, okay. and basically told us that you and I knew nothing before you talked to somebody that understood the game in some respect. So here, here's my here's my two cents. Which first of all, I never thought in a million years that I would hear myself saying this, but um, I'm actually siding with Brian on this one. And what I'm going to say to you, Drew, with apologies to Dan Aykroyd, is Drew, you ignorant slut. Um, that fat slob that Brian referred to, a guy named Tommy Lasorda, who everybody loved and adored, and all that. By the his, way, how dare you? How dare you call me ignorant? <laughs> Better than a fat slob. Yeah. How many, and you guys will both know the answer to this easy, easy question. How many World Series did Tommy Lasorda win in his 20 years as manager? The answer, two. Two, two. right? 81 Dave, Rob, Dave Roberts in, in, in six full seasons, okay, has won one. So I, I can, I'm going to say this with a relative amount of confidence before we move on uh, to our main topic of the podcast tonight, which is that I think Dave Roberts, at the end of the day, um, despite him not being perfect, okay, is going to have a better World Series championship as an L.A. Dodger manager than Tommy Lasorda. So, Drew, let me just drop a five-pound block of cheese on your head to go along with your wine, okay? Um, all right, so that being said, and that's final. So let's go on. Let's, let's go that's onward in the here. books. That's, it's that's in the books, that. baby. So onward to the upcoming NFL season. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with our picks for each division winner in each conference, we're going to start with the AFC today, and we're going to each pick the AFC team that will have also that will have the most improved. Well, we think have, will have the most improved winning record this year over last year. So um, we will do the uh, the NFC uh, the NFC conference uh, division winners uh, in our opinions uh, during a, a podcast coming up, obviously before the regular season starts in about three weeks. So. My, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and start. We're going to start with the AFC East. And my pick is, to no great surprise, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think that they've done nothing but improve during the offseason, especially on defense. They already had a really solid defense, and, and, and they've just, I think, done nothing but improve. The offense speaks for itself. They came oh so close last year uh, to, at the very least, making it to the AFC Championship game and arguably – one of the greatest playoff games of all time against the Chiefs, Drew and I, for the record, were on the floor crying inconsolably at the Monte Cristo Cigar Bar in Las Vegas because we had a few shekels on the Bills winning that game. And if I recall, Drew, and he could share the specifics with you, but I believe he had a pretty hefty parlay going. And had they won that game, he might have won the amount that's equal to the gross national product of some third world nations. I was um, anyway, seconds away from a four-game uh, underdog parlay, but, but so that's let me a just, whole other story in my life. Yeah, let me just finish my thought to say the Jets are, you know, well, they're just the Jets. And I see them coming in last again, although, you know, they're, they're, they're I think, improved over last year. I think the Pats, you know, given the whole who's calling the play situation and so forth, it's some clear and visible frustration by uh, their quarterback. Um is going to take a step back from last year. And I think that Miami, I, who is a vastly improved team, in my opinion, um, they're not going to have what it takes at the end of the day to top the Bills to win that division. So uh, who wants to go next? Brian? Sure. Um, 
we've already wasted too much time on this division. I said, look at the teams that have the best quarterbacks are going to win. The Buffalo has the best quarterback. They're by far the best team in that division. I don't have to go into any great lengths as to why they're going to win. They're just better than everyone else. Um, New England has a good coach, but they also have Mac Jones running the show. And with them, maybe they'll get into the playoffs. Maybe they won't. Same thing goes with Miami. They have Tua. Okay. And I don't think Tua is a very good quarterback. So I don't think they're going anywhere. And then the Jets just stink. So that's okay. my take on it. We've spent way too much time. It's obviously going to be Buffalo. And Buffalo has a hell of a chance to win the Super Bowl as well. That's the shortest amount of airtime I think that we'll ever get from Tesla. So go ahead, Drew, before he changed his mind. Uh, I'm, all, I'm even going to be less. And, and despite how my feelings were so brutally hurt by Brian and the Dave Roberts part, I'm going <laughs> to agree with him. Buffalo is just by far the best team. And, but here's the secret reason why. Their football players are better than the football players on all the other teams. And as the great Chick Hearn once said, you cannot make chicken salad out of chicken feathers. And as compared to the Bills, the rest of the rosters are chicken feathers. They, and Brian's right. They're, the quarterback for Buffalo is light years better than any other quarterback in that division. Uh, end of story. And um, it's always fun to know who the worst team is going to be. Um, because once again, <laughs> the team with the green NY on their helmet, they are, they are just a grease fire. So um, that's okay. it for the AFC East. Okay, great guys. Hey, hey Drew, I got to give you props for, for, for really smoothly weaving a, a chick hernism in, in on that conversation. That was just brilliant. Okay, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to swing over to the AFC West. Um, and you know what, Drew, let's start with you on the AFC West. Oh, wow. Okay. So the AFC West, now we're talking about a, a conference that is competitive. And obviously, Kansas City's dominated it for the last few years. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a rare, rare talent. I mean, sometimes when, when he does some things out there, it's like the old Jack Buck line where he does something, you go, I can't believe what I just saw. I mean, he's, he's something else. But I think the, the reign of Kansas City comes to an end this year. And I'm going with the San Diego to L.A. Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers roster is good enough to compete. I think this quarterback is something special. And you guys know San Diego through the years has always been an offensive firehouse dating back from the John Hadle to Lance Allworth days to Dan Fouts to Johnny Jefferson and Kellen Winslow and then to their recent Hall of Fame quarterback, Philip Rivers. I mean, this guy is just the latest. Justin Herbert's just the latest in a long line of Charger great quarterbacks. And I think they have the talent around him and they've upgraded at certain positions. And I do think Staley is a good coach, um, notwithstanding some of the heat he took last year for you know some risky moves, uh, not by the book moves, which I respect. And I think Kansas City is a little bit um, less than what they have been in the past. I think the loss of Tyreek Hill is huge. Um, he's a game breaker for sure. And uh, he stretched the field beyond what defenses could deal with. And now Patrick doesn't have him anymore. So I think um, the Chargers sneak through. And okay. I, think, I think it's a strong, strong division, but the Chargers uh, end up on top of okay. uh, the Brian, let's go to you. Drew and I are somewhat close, but I have Kansas City winning it. And again, the reason I have Kansas City winning it is because of their culture. 
They've got Patrick Mahomes, who I think is still the best quarterback in that division. Um, Kansas City is on a run. They're used to winning. So I don't see them not winning this division. And by the way, it's a really good division. Um, I do think that the Chargers will come in second. I love their quarterback. I love what he's going to do in fantasy football. When we start that up next week, I'm going to try and get him on my team. But um, I just think Kansas City has a little bit more to offer than the Chargers do. Now, I will tell you the Raiders, you know, they have Derek Carr from Fresno. They have Devontae Adams from Fresno. So I love those two. I just don't love the Raiders organization. I think if you look, everyone talks about Raider Nation. Everyone talks about the Raiders and their following and how tough they are. They've had five winning seasons in the last 25 years. Yeah, kind of, so like, I don't, the cow, kind of like the Cowboys, but we'll the, get to them later. Yeah, right. The Cowboys and the Raiders are the two most overrated organizations Agreed. in all of sports. But anyway, so okay. I don't like the... Uh, um, I don't like the Raiders just because I don't like the organization. Now, that being said, as far as um, Denver's concerned, I, I don't know what to say about them. And the reason I say that is I, does, I just don't know what we're going to get out of Russell Wilson. I did not like the way he ended it with the Seattle Seahawks. And as I've said multiple times, uh, the quarterback runs the show and you got to have good culture and the quarterback has to be the man. I know Russell Wilson's had some great games, but I don't know what we're going to get out of him next year. Okay. This, listen, this year. Okay. So listen, I got to side with, uh, with, uh, with matzo ball uh, drew on this. this. This for me was the toughest to pick of all the divisions in the, uh, in the AFC conference. I just think that the chargers made the necessary improvements to take the step forward, to win the division. And I also agree with drew that, that I don't care what anybody says. I get all the spin out of coming out of uh, uh, Kansas city camp and all this stuff about, oh, yeah, we've got, you know, Tyreek, we're not going to miss him or whatever. But I, I just think they are. What, what I'm going to say about the Chargers with an asterisk is that they, they just need their coach, in my opinion, to not make as many reckless play calls. I appreciate his aggressiveness and his risk-taking. And, you know, there we get back to the word analytics again. But there's a delicate balance, in my opinion, between that and reckless play calling. And I think that his play calling, uh, he did a little too much on the – irresponsible play calling last year. And I think it cost them at least one game. Uh, I, I also say hey, the, the, the Raiders, Brian, it's tough not to like, I mean, I think it's just going to be a, a great offensive, you know, offense entertainment on offense as far as the Raiders offense. But I, I, I question their secondary, especially, and, and just don't think that, uh, you know, don't give them a chance at winning the division. I think the Broncos, how could they not be improved with the, the quarterback situation there? And I just, Again, like I said, I think the Chiefs are just not going to quite have enough. Um, and so I do see the Chargers uh, t taking over there as division champs. So let's go to the north. Brian, well, hold on. I just want to say, if you and Drew actually agree on the Chargers, I am betting my ass off on the Chiefs. Well, because... it's, it's a it's a lock. So so to our... Uh, I don't know. This, vastly... I don't know for sure, but I think we were just insulted. Yeah, to, to our, our, our growing audience, our rapidly growing audience. So Brian has a, a favorite term when it comes to gambling. It's called, it's three words. It's a lock. So what he's telling you is because Drew and I have like the Bahudas chick. If Drew, if Drew and I, you, if we bet on the same thing together and you, you just have to go contrary and go the other oh. way, it's 100% lock. So thank you, Brian, for, for, for not, uh, not letting that one slip through the cracks. So Brian, let's start with you on the AFC North. Hey Brian, Mike and I bet yes. on the sun coming up tomorrow. So I would I would go the other way, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Brian, AFC North, let's uh what do you got quickly? 
Let's see on the north. This yep. is tough for me because I really can't separate um, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. And I know everyone's going with Cincinnati, and I am going to go with Cincinnati. I think they're um, of the three teams. I think I know they won it last year, and I'm going to take them again this year. And again, that's based on the fact that they have Joe Burrow. But again, he's going to have to prove it again. I don't think that they're going to have the same run they had last year. I think that was pretty remarkable. I think when you look at Pittsburgh, I like Pittsburgh because I love their coach. And the guy always seems to keep that ship going forward. Look, at they went to the playoffs last year with a stiff at quarterback. I, you know, Roethlisberger yeah. could not freaking move. Statue. And yet, and they went to the playoffs with him. Yeah. Um, my issue with Baltimore is, again, I love their coach. I like their defense. But Lamar Jackson right now is in a contract year and he's already come out and said, we're not going to negotiate if we don't have a contract before the first game of the year. And I don't think they will. And I think he's going to be disgruntled. And I think that's a problem. And I guess, again, I keep repeating the quarterback runs the show. You get to Cleveland and everyone's talking about Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland can get the hell out of their way, and especially when it comes to quarterback. They go ahead and they get um, Baker Mayfield, and that guy can't keep his mouth shut. And then what do they do? They get rid of him and they get to Sean Watson, and he allegedly can't keep his zipper shut. So when it comes to um, having the right guy running the show, Cleveland's just a mess. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati, okay. but I, I would not put a lot of money on that. I'm yep. just going to go with them. Okay, good deal. So listen, I'm going to pick the Bengals as well. Um, and I can't for the life of me understand why it seems that like they're actually being a bit shaded and dismissed as last year's news. I think they've all done nothing but improve during the offseason, especially in the offensive line where they were, which definitely was an Achilles heel for them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl again. I, I can't believe that they're 18 to one odds to win it all right now. I mean, to me, that's a very good uh, value bet. I think the Browns have too much uncertainty surrounding them, you know, to have any level of confidence that they can finish with a better record than either the Bengals or the Ravens. The Steelers are good defensively. They've got a great coach. I think it's mediocrity at the QB position times three. That's going to ultimately hurt their chances. I, I can easily see, I think the Ravens, I just can't see them getting as snake bitten as they were last year, where they basically had everybody at every skill position injured for several weeks, if not the whole season. I don't see that uh, perfect storm happening two years in a row. I could see the Ravens giving the Bengals a run for the division title, but I see them getting into the playoffs as a wild card. Drew? Brian, you better run to the book right now because Mike and I are going to agree again. Oh, God. Um, uh, you know, I, I keep scratching my head, too, as to the as why Cincinnati doesn't get the kind of respect. And I think I think the reason is because they came out of the wild card and everybody kind of thinks, well, that's kind of lucky if you come out of the wild card. And Joe Burrow is a young guy. But boy, he's as cool as anything. I think the roster is pretty good. I agree with Mike. They improve themselves. And, um, uh, you know, I marvel at Lamar Jackson's talent. I can't figure out why he hasn't put them over the top yet. You're right, Brian. They have a good coach, usually a really good defense over there in Baltimore. So I, until he does put them over the top, I'm going to give the nod uh, to Cincinnati. As far as Cleveland goes, I don't even know who's going to be their quarterback for any length of time. And, you know, the Steelers, um, great organization, absolutely one of the best organizations in the history of football. 
on that alone, they might win nine games and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But again, you know, Cincinnati, I think is the team. And in, in, until they're, until they get knocked off, they're the AFC champs. So for the record, uh, for the record, uh, fans, we're, we're three for three. So we hit the, uh, the, the three old matzo ball trifecta there. Um, yeah, but I, I'm just, let me just interject. I do not see Cincinnati get into the Super Bowl. Okay. I, I just think just, okay. just, I just want, yep. I do see okay. one in the division. I hear you. I cannot see him getting I, into the Super Bowl. I, let's not, I, let's, I agree. I, okay. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I agree. That's great. I'll have bragging rights when it, when the Super Bowl's over. Anyway, Drew, why don't you start us off? Let's, let's rip through the AFC South pretty quickly um, and, and wrap up our, uh, wrap up our picks. Yeah, my first thing is, for the life of me, I do not know why Indianapolis is in the South. I just, I looked at the map, and I just can't figure it out that they're in the North. Why Miami isn't in the South, you'll, you'll have to excuse me. Okay, anyway, then they're, ge- I, they're geographically dead to us. They're eliminated. That's it. That's right. Um, I, you know, look, you got two teams that are completely throwaway teams. Houston and Jacksonville are terrible. Um, you you can bring back Urban Meyer to coach any of them. They're still going to be terrible. I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's terrific. He just has, it's just a bad team. Um, In that division, I I do like Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was just a few plays away from advancing very far last year. And, um, you know, this kid, Derek Henry, is really one of the the best running backs in the last 10, 15, 20 years. So uh, I'm going to go with... um, the Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis, a close second. So, Brian, let me jump in here real quickly, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll finish with you. Uh, we still got to get in like uh, you know sixty seconds or less for each of us. The, the team we think is going to have the most improvement in terms of the number of wins uh, year over year this year. Um, I'm going with the Colts, uh, although there's there's a geographic challenge there, as Drew pointed out. Um, I've got no confidence in the Titans quarterback uh, that he has what it takes to lead them in clutch situations, especially watching how he folded like a bad 10th in their last game of the year last season. I could see the Jags winning a couple more games this year, especially because of a change at the coaching position and, you know, one season under his belt, uh, the quarterback having one season under his belt, Trevor Lawrence. But um, that's not saying much other than hopefully for them, a slow ascent from the bottom of the division and, 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 and the Texans just seem like a team that will suck and finish at the bottom of the division. So I got nothing else to say there, Brian. Well, let me just say that let's just take the Texans and the Jags and eliminate them right now. There's really nothing to talk about. Um, when I talk about Tennessee again, much like Buffalo, there's really no discussion. Tennessee's the best team in the division. Now what's different is I've always said that the quarterbacks run in the show in this case, just for Ryan Tannehill, just hand the ball off and don't lose the game for him. You've got the defense. You've got Derrick Henry. Just don't screw it up. Much like if you remember Drew and Mike, a long time ago, a Fresno State quarterback by the name of Trent Dilfer led uh, Baltimore to the Super Bowl. And again, he was smart enough not to do anything that he wasn't capable of doing. So I'm going with uh, with Tennessee. I like the fact that Indy's got Matt Ryan, but again, they're a wild card team at best. Matt's on the trail or the tail end of his career. No one's going to beat Tennessee in this division, and that's all that needs to be said. Okay, great. So um, let's talk really quickly. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start here. Uh, biggest AFC improvement, I think, in terms of number of wins year over year. Um, I'm, t- I'm going with the Ravens again. 
just restating they, they were devastated by injuries last year. I see that I see them improving four games. You don't have to say how many games you think uh, your favorite team is as far as most improved year over year, but I, I see them improving by as many as four games for uh, going 12 and five this year. This was a pretty close call for me uh, between the Ravens and, and the Dolphins and the Broncos because uh, they were both under consideration too, especially uh, Miami. So uh, Brian. I'm going to take the Chargers, um, and the reason I'm going to take the Chargers is um, Herbert has another year under his belt, and I love what their coach does offensively. Um, the only negative about that is that division is so tough that I don't know how many wins they're going to improve by. If I had to take one other team, and it sounds like I'm being hypocritical, I, I probably would take um, probably Miami only because I think that division is something that, I mean, it's okay, uh, but I think they can improve upon their record, but I still don't see them winning it. Okay, Drew. Uh, I think either Denver, because um, just Russell Wilson is that kind of quality quarterback, or, or Dolphins as well, because um, they've got Tyreek Hill now. you got a big one, buddy. Tua can be at what, – what, why? Who, who's, what, why are those the rules? One team. Denver, go okay. screw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So listen, hey, really quickly, um, unlike the sports talk radio and TV stars and the self-anointed experts that bloviate and pontificate their bold predictions, and then they never hold themselves accountable at the end of the season by putting their predictions back on the table to compare them with actual results with the slight exception of Colin Cowherd, who I love, and is when Colin was right where Colin was wrong segment. We three old matzo balls believe in full transparency and accountability, right, guys? So, uh, no, I don't. So, okay, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, I just put you out there, buddy, because we will at the end of the regular season. We're going to put our bold predictions back on the table, so we can compare with actual results. So we could be first and foremost make fun of each other, which we really don't have much of a chance to do here, except through uh, you and I ganging up on uh, Tesser with his pathetic Kansas City pick and Tennessee pick in those two divisions. Um, and, and it'll also allow our, our anticipated growing audience a chance to mock and make fun of us, which shouldn't be too hard to do. How so do we, anyway, are, when are we picking our Super Bowl team from the AFC? Um, we'll do that like two podcasts down the road because right. uh, we're going to finish here in just a minute and I've got some exciting news. Um, but one last question for each of you. When it comes to matzo ball soup, Brian, I'll go to you first. Short answer. When it comes to matzo ball soup, do you leave the matzo ball whole until you finish the soup and then eat the matzo ball? Or do you cut up the matzo ball right when you get the bowl and eat it along the way with the soup? I try to cut it up, but my mom's matzo balls were like golf balls, so I wasn't able to do it. What about what about when you're at Brent's Deli? Oh, you cut them up, baby. Okay, Drew? I, I do neither. I take a thing of soup, then I'll take a slice of matzo ball. Then I'll have some soup and then I'll take a little bit more. So I don't cut it up in one fell swoop, but I don't leave it whole either. Yeah. You didn't even give us the third option. Again, screw you. There, well, there was no third option. It was either A or B. And, and like the refined attorney that you are, you you uh, slice and I and I just uh, like butcher the hell out of the matzo ball. I, I, I'm going with the third option. I don't care what your rules are. I'm in a, I'm <laughs> a rule breaker. You've all you've always been a rule rule breaker. So listen, I have some exciting news um, next week. Uh, it looks very, very good that we have secured our first 
uh, interviewee. He's a professional basketball player in Europe and has built quite an impressive body of work and resume. And his name is Taylor Rochester, if any of you want a Wikipedia Taylor. And, uh, and, and we're looking forward to having that interview. So until the next podcast, stay well, all. We'll see you, Matzo Ball Boys. Have a good Adios. week. Yep. Be well.